Good morning, church. Thank you, worship team, for always doing a phenomenal job. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, give it up for them. I, I feel like, you know, I want to acknowledge everything and everyone on this last Sunday uh, here. So I feel like I have to have a formal sort of entry to do that. And so uh, first give an honor to God who is the head of my life <laughs> and to all the wonderful people uh, here at New Community, the leadership team uh, that I've had the joy of walking alongside and serving with. Can we give our leadership team a hand and honor them? <clears throat> we could do a little bit better than that. They've been working hard. Yeah. <laughs> to the amazing ministries of this church, worship being one, as we saw here with Cece and James and all, Tim and all the other people who do amazing, our kids, uh, city and youth ministry, Jessica, John, who are not here, but give them some love. Um, we have our media team in the back, show them some love. Look, they waving. Y'all get autographs from them later. Um, Bobby Joe, who has been doing a phenomenal job in her interim position. Y'all give it up, those lovely Christmas slides. Yes, yeah, she gave it that nice little Christmas energy there. And so, uh, is there anyone who, our care minister, uh, Tim, who has been preaching down uh, the house uh, in this season? We are grateful for you, your ministry, and your teaching. Anybody else I'm missing? The folks who welcome us and check us in, God bless your hearts. Thank you. And anybody who I missed? I apologize, but I think I got everybody. I think I got everybody. Amen. 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 And no, no, no. One, one more shout out to the amazing congregation here at New Community Covenant Church. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, you can give yourself a better hand than that. I would clap for myself. <laughs> And then lastly, I have to give this shout out, and then I'm going to be done with shout outs, except for to Jesus once I get this done. Um, to my family and friends who have showed up tirelessly over these few months, y'all get him a hand. Yeah, do that. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't hold out your claps on the black people. Don't do that this morning. Don't do that. Uh, but they have been showing up uh, week in and week out. Uh, folks came out especially for today, and so thank you, family and friends. All right, now a shout out for Jesus time. We've already been doing that, but specifically, we are going to focus on that. <clears throat> so I'm going to read our text, and then we are going to pray and get into it. So we will be, I'll be reading from two places today. The first is in Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6, and then the second place I'll be reading from is John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. But we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 first. And it says this, For a child was born to us, a son given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. 
God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much that you are a good father and you love to give good gifts. We thank you for the gift of this day, for it is the day that you have made, and we pray that we would rejoice and be glad in it. And so, God, we just ask that you would move us to a place where we uh, take in and absorb whatever it is you have for us today, and that by the power of your Spirit, <laughs> would you change us, challenge us, draw us into deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we all say together, Amen. You know, one of my favorite things about uh, that verse in Isaiah, you know, if you've been here consistently over the past six months, you've heard me say that the prophets are some of my favorite uh, books. But in particular, I really love the verse we just read in Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, it just gives us all these beautiful titles of Jesus, right? And I, I love all these titles. Wonderful counselor. You know, growing up in church, this is how we referred to God. The church I grew up in, we'd say, Mighty God. And that was even a song we sang. Y'all know I'm about to do it because this is my last Sunday. <laughs> this is my last Sunday. I'm about to do it. What a mighty God. I know it's a, more black people in here than that. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Now, all y'all guys, let's stand up and sing it. Yeah, I'm going to do that to y'all today. This is my last Sunday. <laughs> let's do it. One, two, three. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. There you go. One, two, three. What a mighty God we serve. And if you know the moves, do it right here. Angels bow before <laughs> Heaven and earth, the brandy though. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Give God a hand, praise. You may be seated. Y'all did that. Cece, I think you ought to start a choir. I think it's a choir in here on today. But he said, get they notes. That was that's on me. I'm not a singer. I'm a I'm a teacher, preacher. Uh, but y'all did good. Y'all did good. Um, but I love that verse because of all the wonderful names that we see in Scripture that we're reminded of every Advent as we read it. And I love how Isaiah gives this vivid description of the Savior to come. And, you know, he does such a great job at it in Isaiah 9 and 6. But he's not the only one who does a phenomenal job. One of my other favorite <clears throat> texts that we can look at is in John chapter 1. John does this beautiful job of describing who Jesus is. John 1 does a great job of not only describing Jesus from the beginning, but his words also affirm what we just heard from Isaiah. John, the most deeply theological writing out of all the Gospels deals with the nature and the person of God. John essentially uh, is trying to get his readers to understand a couple of things. 
He's trying to get them to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. And it is in his writing about uh, this that he, he gets into this place where he begins to reveal to us, show us how powerful God is. Can I read it for you again just one more time? Uh, even as we kind of heard a little context for it. But John 1, in the beginning, hear this, like hear this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Catch this, catch this part in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Before I get to that piece, let me just talk about Jesus for a second. Jesus, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it. I already got y'all once. Thank you, Brandy. <laughs> but I'm not going to push y'all too far today. But John tells us, that Jesus is the word uh, logos. That's, 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 that's what we read in the original text. But Jesus is the word. He is not some kind of invisible force as many uh, had imagined God, as many in this text would, be, would try to understand who God was. He was not some invisible force. Thank you. He was not some invisible force or this, this unseen cosmic mediator who they were trying to imagine and make up something for. He was Jesus. The Word is Christ. He is the Word, the force that instigated creation. It had moved out of this mysterious and cosmic realms, and the Word took on flesh. That's good. The Word took on flesh. The Word is Jesus, and the text tells us that Jesus existed in the beginning, and nothing that was made was made without Him. He gave life to all that was created, and He brings light to everything and everyone, and it is through Him that we are born again. So John has just let us know that Jesus already existed in the beginning. He was with God, and He helped orchestrate creation, and not only was He with God, this is my favorite. He is God. My father-in-law likes to say Jesus is God in the bod. I just like the way it rhymes. <laughs> he is God. He is the life giver and the light bringer. That's who he is. But what did he come to do? What did he come to do? Our text tells us today that he came to shine in the darkness. He came to shine in the darkness. But hear this, he also came to reconcile and restore God's creation to himself, bridging once and for all the cosmic and the spiritual gap between God and man in order to ultimately bring glory to God and establish God's kingdom on the earth. God's kingdom. And here's the wonderful thing. And Jesus is coming to save us. He also began the work of establishing God's kingdom here on the earth. In other words, when God's kingdom, 
when his kingdom comes, his reign and his rule come with it. When the kingdom comes, God's reign and his rule comes with it. So what does that mean? That means this. Sin just can't exist here and run amok. <laughs> that's, that's what happened when Jesus showed up in the flesh. He was giving warning to sin. He was putting sin on notice. What you're not going to do uh-huh, is be here and run amok, right? Jesus' presence also says the enemy cannot make himself comfortable here. The prince of this world does not have the power that he thought he had here. The demonic influence and pollution that has happened in our culture and in our world, our cities, our children, and our church can no longer exist because the word, the light, has shown up. Hell's strategic plan cannot and will not advance here. Darkness, you can not rule. Darkness, you can not win. Because the light has come. Let me read a couple of more verses to you that I just, I want you to have. John 8 and 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said this, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light and that light leads to life. That light leads to life. The true light had come and the light who gave, <laughs> and the light gave light and life to everyone. When Jesus came, he gave life and light to everyone. Real quick, who has a cell phone here? I know all y'all do. Pull it out. And you know how they do at concerts? And they just hold it up and get on the light? Yeah, give me the, give me the flashlight. See, look, look, my sister. Come on, where the light's at? Where the light's at? Where the light's at? I know more people got cell phones than this. Give me a break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real quick, look around the room. Look around the room. That's the light. Oh, that's the light. When we walk out of this place, as we inhabit and dwell in this place, we are the light. When you walk out of here, and you may not know any other believer on the street, but when we walk out together, we're the light. And we are forced to be reckoned with because we are the light. And because we are the light, the life is in us. John 1 and 9 says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He had come into the very world he created. But hear this, the world did not recognize him. Wow. It didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Jesus does all of this. God, heaven orchestrates this wonderful plan of salvation, and Jesus comes, the Word wrapped in flesh. And you'd think there would be a parade and everyone's saying, thank you. 
And actually, they put a hit on him. <laughs> Help us, God, right? Jesus comes and he did, does all of this and they reject him. And here is what is so remarkable about the light, though, because we're going to learn about the light. What's so remarkable about the light is this. Though he was not recognized, though he was refused, though he was rejected, it didn't stop him. It didn't stop him. He knew what he was called to do. He knew what he came here to do. <laughs> he knew he had the goods. He knew that he was the light of the world. And so he rolled up his rabbinical sleeves. Help us, God. He rolled up his rabbinical sleeves and didn't let the crowd intimidate him, didn't let the noise of the doubt and the deceit drown out his mission on earth. He didn't let the distraction, didn't let the noise distract him because he knew he was the light. Jesus didn't allow the noise of doubt and deceit to drown out his mission on earth. Can I say this? There are too many of us allowing the noise of doubt and deceit to drown out our confidence. We have self-sabotaged before we have even begun. We have looked to people, we have looked to the mental health gurus and um, all sorts of things and practices to speak into our confidence in ourselves, but really the only way we will truly know ourselves and understand ourselves is to go back to the one who created us, who says to us, you don't have to look for the light, but the light dwells in you. The light dwells in you, and while you're trying to find the things to help flicker that light within you, if you would just lean on him, if you would just depend on him, the light would begin to burn, and it would begin to burn bright. Hebrews 10.35 says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the reward it brings you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that you have, all that God has promised to you. I've said this in many different ways over these past few months in sermons uh, here and there, you will see a theme <laughs> that I all want all to understand is this, is that you are on divine assignment. You are on divine assignment. The problem is we have not understood the assignment. that you have been created on purpose, for a purpose. You are not an accident. Who you are, how you are, how you exist, how you are wired. I don't care what anyone says to you. They may love it and they may hate it and it doesn't matter. <laughs> 
It is how God has called you and how God has wired you. It is Him who has destined you for a particular destination, and you need to get to know the assignment. If you are lost right now, if you are wandering right now, if you are confused right now, if you are frustrated right now, if you are pulled away from His presence right now, if you feel like He is far right now, you probably are misunderstanding the assignment. And you might be wondering, well, what is my assignment? I don't have the specifics. Let's just start with what we know. You are the light. That, that's step one. You are the light. And because the light dwells in you, God has brought life to you. That means He has brought goodness to you. Scripture tells us, right, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but He has come that we might have life and have life more abundantly. How about this? Joy upon joy upon joy. It doesn't matter what happens to us because there is already a promise within us that was created at the very beginning when the earth was established, before we were a thought, before we were born. God said, I'm going to let there be light and then bring life with that light. If you're lost and you're wondering today, start with, you have the light. You have the light, and because you have life, light, you also have life. Don't let the enemy deter you. Don't let him disrupt you from arriving to God's destined place for you. Let me say that again. I'm going to say it for me, too. Don't let the enemy deter you and disrupt you from arriving to God's destined place for you. You have the light of the world in you, and this is my favorite part of this truth. It is a light that cannot be extinguished. Have you ever seen those little trick birthday candles? <laughs> I had somebody do that to me once for my birthday, and I have asthma. So, it was not the best experience. <laughs> Somebody give me my inhaler, I can't get this candle out. <laughs> but listen, let me tell you this, that's what the enemy will do, he'll lose his breath trying to keep up with you when you got the light on in you. You see what I'm saying? Because he cannot extinguish that. He's wearing himself out. Oh, I feel this one. He's wearing himself out trying to catch up with you, trying to deter you, trying to keep you down, trying to tell, remind you of who you used to be, what you used to do. But he's running out of breath. He's running out of breath. He cannot keep up with the light in you that cannot be extinguished. The light in you cannot be extinguished in the face of rejection. The light cannot be extinguished. When your assignment is questioned, the light cannot be extinguished. When you are worried about, am I in His will? The light cannot be extinguished. When you are wondering why nothing is going right sometimes, the light cannot be extinguished. When you are wondering, is God really on my side? The light cannot be extinguished. No matter what you go through, the light cannot be extinguished. God has a plan for you. 
And even when it seems small and we don't get it, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus also used this illustration that the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. And even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. How many people like bread? Yes, with butter, glory to God. Warm butter, I just want to name that. Salted butter, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what does it tell us? That a little yeast makes the dough rise. What do we see in Scripture about small things having great impact? All you need is a what of faith, a mustard seed. Small things make a great impact. The text tells us all you need is a little yeast. If you've ever baked anything and you've seen yeast, yeast looks like grains of sand. It is small, it is tiny, it looks like it should not have any sort of impact, right? But a little yeast, <laughs> you don't need concert lights, you just need a flicker. Because a little makes a difference. Can I tell you this? Don't despise the smaller things that God has given you in your life. Don't despise the smaller things. And here's why. Because growth is coming. Growth is coming. Yes, Jesus was born in a manger, but growth was coming. He grew up, if you allow me to use my, 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 my preaching imagination, he grew up in Sunday school not completely understanding all he needed to in the moment, but growth was coming. He was his father's apprentice in the furniture store, but growth was coming. He was his teacher's most reserved student, but growth was coming. He didn't have any followers, okay? Nobody was looking at him or trying to follow after him, but growth was coming. The Bible says that nobody believed his message, but growth was coming. They called him a blasphemer. They called him a liar, but growth was coming. They nailed him to a cross. They pierced him in his side. They buried him, counted him as dead, but growth was coming. He was raised from the dead and elevated to sit at the right hand of the Father where every knee would bow, every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father that He is Lord. See, growth was coming. Can I tell you something about your lives, about your circumstances, about your environment? Growth is coming. Growth is coming. You've been pruned. You've been groomed, you've been tried, and you've been tested. Growth is coming. I know you're tired, but be not weary in well-doing because growth is coming. Be not weary. God is not mocked. For so whatever a person sows, that shall they also reap. Growth is coming. Those who planted in tears, the Bible says that we will reap in shouts of what? Joy. In other words, the weeping may endure for a night. Joy. Uh, will come in the morning. Growth is coming. Growth is coming. Growth is coming. And because the growth 
It's coming. You will need to increase your faith in this season. And what does that mean? Does that mean I lift harder? Does that mean I read more scripture? Or is it just that I'm intentional about understanding who I am and whose I am? Whose I am and who I am. That the light exists in me and that light cannot be extinguished in order to receive what God has for us. God wants to bring us into places of restoration. He wants us to walk intimately with our God. He wants our trust in God to have no bounds. He wants us to take the limits off. You know, whenever I start thinking about trust, automatically sometimes I, I, I think about what people need to do in order for me to achieve a certain end, right? I start thinking, oh, I need to achieve end A. And so instead of seeing God in that, I start orchestrating the people that need to show up and answer the questions and do the things and open the doors and give the finances or whatever the case may be to lead the ministry or to do the thing. I start thinking about the people <laughs> that need to show up. And really God is saying, it's not about trusting people, it's about trusting me. So when there is an expected end that we're walking towards, before you get too distracted and looking at the people coming along, will you look at the God who is overseeing the process? Look at the God who is watching, who is making a way out of no way, the God that neither sleeps nor slumbers, the God who is paying attention to your every word and prayer. It is the God who oversees the work and we can trust in him. So we don't have to look for places to exercise that spiritual insight. We can look right within. We can remember the things that God has already done in us and for us. We move from being people of the glass half empty to the glasses half full. <laughs> where he reminds us it is our time. Again, Isaiah says, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It was fun to look around the sanctuary and see the lights from our cameras, but can you imagine if we could see in the spirit the light that resides and rests in this room, greater than anything we can ever see or imagine, so much so that if you came into this space today, there's so much light and life around you. You shouldn't be able to leave the same because of the light and the life around you. But that's only if we all understand our assignment that we are called to arise and shine because the light in us cannot be Extinguished. As a matter of fact, the light that is in us is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> as we wrap up Advent, as we move forward into this new year, my prayer for us, for me, for you, is that we remember the light dwells in us and it cannot be extinguished. 
The light dwells in you and it cannot be extinguished. With that in mind, I want to invite you to pray with me and then we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. God, we are so grateful for the light that is within us. We are so grateful for this reminder today that you are with us, that you are for us, and that if you be for us, who or what can be against us? We are grateful for the light and the light that shines so powerfully within us. So God, I just pray over every person and every heart in this space. May your light and your life be carried within them in this Advent season as a constant reminder of not only who you are, but who they are. So Lord, we thank you and we love you. Thank you for your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear these words for communion this morning. Friends, this is a joyful feast. It is the feast of the people of God. And our Savior invites those who trust and believe in him to share in this feast. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. Justice, will you pass me the bread really quickly? I'm just going to grab the loaf. Thank you. Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them. And the Bible says something miraculous happened. It says their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Today as we partake of Holy Communion, may we come to the sacred table, not because we must, but because we may. May we come to testify, not that we are righteous, but that he is Lord and that we desire to be his disciples. May we come with a heart to see and recognize him in our lives. The way we do communion here is that you come up at your leisure as there's worship music playing in the background coming. You grab the cup with a little um, cracker wafer at the top and you peel it back. And when you get to your seat, you can thank God in whatever way you like. You can simply just say, God, thank you for your life and your sacrifice. And I'll just remind you and say this, this is the body broken for you is what that wafer represents and when you drink the juice may you recall that it is the blood that was shed for you come 
and partake at the table.